My name's Dominic, and I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, if you haven't been with us the last few weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called Miracles. And we've really been focusing on the miracles of Jesus as we started it out. And as I was looking through the sermon schedule, knowing Easter would fall in here, I was really just racking my brain of like, what, what miracle should we study this morning on Easter morning? And the answer, of course, is obvious. This is the miracle of all miracles, right? This is the miracle that is the center of our faith as Christians, that Jesus rose from the dead. It's it's the miracle of Easter. And today there are millions of believers around the world remembering this miracle that we've been talking about and singing about and having a science lesson about that Jesus raised from the dead. But if you really put yourself into this situation, and I often like to think uh, like, like I were one of the believers at the time, one of the disciples or the people around, there's so much about this miracle that doesn't make any sense. When you look at it from the worldly perspective, through your fleshly eyes, none of it makes sense. And you can really see the people of the time, uh, even those who had spent a long time with Jesus, kind of trying to figure out What in the world is going on in this? And so this resurrection is a miracle today that that you really have to have faith in because it it is one of those things that, that might seem like nonsense to you if you don't know God, if you don't know his word. It can seem so far-fetched that someone would raise from the dead and live eternally. And yet this is the very center of everything we believe in the faith. So just think about this for a moment. The tumultuous week that just happened for all those who are following Jesus, uh, what we know of as, as Holy Week, it started with Palm Sunday or the triumphal entry, Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and they knew that he was marching into trouble. Right? They warned him about it. Jesus knew what would happen. And then the Monday and Tuesday, he's having a lot of conflict with the religious leaders. And, and then Wednesday is when Judas... Uh, agrees to this plan to betray Jesus and and hand him over to the authorities. And Thursday, they had the Last Supper, right? And right after that, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray all night. Jesus knows what's happening. And then he's betrayed and arrested. And he's held overnight. And they have an early morning trial. They sentence him to death. And he goes to the cross and he dies Friday afternoon. Everything had changed. And up until this point, death was death. It was it. It's over. And now all of these followers are trying to figure out what is happening. But Jesus told them exactly what would happen. He knew the whole plan. The plan was always for him to raise from the dead. That to this morning, still, today, we can say, He is risen. He is risen, risen and he was alive then, and he's alive now. The resurrection is the centerpiece of the faith. And today we're going to read one of the accounts of that miracle. All four Gospels detail this, and we'll learn a lot from it. Today we'll be looking in the book of Luke, and I encourage you, if you have your Bible, to open up there now as we read along, or if you don't have a Bible, uh, Look it up in your phone. We'll have it on the screen. But really think about these words. Think about the impact this had on the people then, the impact it has now, that Jesus is risen. 
that he conquered death and he's alive today with us. Let's, let's pray together before we read. So, Lord, I thank you for this wonderful day to celebrate your resurrection, to remember all that you've done. Jesus, only you could do this. You did exactly as you promised. And even though you told us and we read it, we still can't quite comprehend how amazing this was and, and, and how much this impacts the whole world and, and our lives. So God, today I would pray that each and every one of us would not take the resurrection for granted. This wouldn't be some old story that we're familiar with, but God, that we would be amazed by what you've done, that we'd worship you for who you are. And Lord, that you would give us great peace and hope and joy that, Jesus, you are alive. And so we pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's read together. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus When they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense to them. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Now, as we've been working through this uh, sermon series, looking at different miracles, there's a lot of recurring themes that we see. And one of them is that God typically doesn't work in the way that you think he should, that we make our plans, but God has a much higher plan, a much better plan than something we could ever imagine. And we open up this Easter story this morning with this group of women who's, who are going to the tomb early in the morning, uh, that Easter morning, and they weren't looking to see if Jesus had rose from the dead. They were looking for his body. They had a plan. They were going to go pay their respects to Jesus. They were going to properly anoint his body for death. The problem was, he wasn't there. And so there goes their plan, and they're left kind of reeling in this new reality, what's going to happen next. But the truth that we get from this story is that the grave could not hold Jesus. And for for us, and, and especially before the time of Jesus, the grave was the grave. It was it. It was the symbol of finality, that death was death, and death always won always one. And so even them knowing, believing that Jesus was special, that Jesus was God, they still believed that Jesus was dead, period. 
And so we see that, that they come to the tomb with these spices they had prepared. It's something that, it wasn't a spur-of-the-moment thing. The, the whole weekend, right, he was, he was laid to death on Friday. And if we know that from the story that, that he was going to be just buried like a criminal, kind of in, in the heap, but Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Sanhedrin, a high religious official who, who knew Jesus and loved Jesus and believed him, made a deal that he could bury Jesus in his tomb, in Joseph's tomb. And so the women who were there at the death saw this happen, but everything was so tumultuous, they didn't have the opportunity to go and prepare the body. They had to wait all Saturday, which is the day of rest, and this is their first opportunity to get there Sunday morning, early, at sunrise. And when they got there, he was gone. And this more so just kind of amplified their grieving of, oh, great, we lost our friend and our Lord, Jesus, and now someone stole his body. They weren't quite understanding yet what was happening. But that's another thing we understand is that God is full of surprises. The more you know God, the more you follow God, you realize that he surprises you often. And the first surprise they saw is that the tomb was rolled away. This is another one of those moments we see that our obstacles are not God's obstacles. And these tombstones were were huge. It would take four or five strong men to roll it away. But what we know from the scriptures is that the angel came through the power of God and just flicked it away. Kind of like you do uh, like with those box elder bugs you're seeing all over the time now, right? Except this is tremendously easier because the box elder bugs just keep coming back. But the angel just rolled the tomb away like it was nothing. It's to the surprise of the guards who were there to, to guard anyone from coming to Jesus. They were now, as we read it in the account of Matthew, laying on the ground, kind of in the fetal position, right? And, and that the priests were trying everything to keep this from happening. They, they sealed the tomb, but it didn't matter. The grave couldn't hold him, and, and he was gone. And now the other surprise is that the body is Missing, And so they're wondering about this, as we see in verse 4. They're perplexed and confused. Where could this body go? And this right here showcases how Christianity is different than any other faith in the world. The resurrection is the centerpiece. And the uniqueness of Christianity is that Jesus rose from the dead. And our whole faith actually hinges on that. And I'm going to show you a couple pictures here. This may not mean much to you, what you're seeing now, but this is known as the Green Dome in Saudi Arabia. This is the resting place of their prophet Muhammad. And I'm not trying to be mean here or anything. They, they all believe that he's there. And millions of, of uh, Islam believers will, will make a pilgrimage, pilgrimage to this place every year to, to pay honor to their dead prophet. He died, and he's still dead, and he's, he's laying there today. For those who believe in Buddha, this is a special place for them. Uh, this isn't where Buddha's body lays. Uh, in fact, uh, he was cremated and it's dispersed among many different places. But this is known as the Temple of the Tooth. And this is where one of the teeth of Buddha is. And people will go and, and remember this man, Buddha, and, and, and understand that he lived. But they believe that he died and he's still dead. Now, this picture may mean something to you. Right? How many of you have actually been to this exact place? I know there's a handful of us that have been to Israel. I've been there as well. Uh, this is one of the places they assume 
could be where Jesus had laid in the tomb. But we don't know that for sure. You know why? Because he's not there. We don't know where Jesus lay. There's, there's many places it could be. And this is a spot that I went and I actually went inside that tomb myself. He's not there. He's risen. And this should be something you think that would, would be of great importance to us, but it's not. The, the importance is that Jesus isn't laying anywhere, that he's alive. And this, this grave didn't do its one and only job, which is to hold a dead body. Jesus is alive, and you won't find him among the dead. The women went maybe to this exact tomb. The disciples, a couple of them ran there. There's many who assume that Jesus was dead, but he wasn't. And if you're looking for Jesus today, you're not going to find him among the dead. He is among the living. And so let's try this again with great joy and exuberance. He is risen. And that means everything. It means everything. Because death, who had always won, had him, had Jesus for a moment, but it could not keep him. Jesus was too powerful even for death. And here we see this moment where these angels of the Lord, that's the men in the the glimmering clothing, that, that uh, gleamed like lightning. They stood beside these women and offered them an important question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Now, I've never met an angel, at least as far as I know. I know sometimes they can travel in disguise, but But every time that someone encountered an angel in in, in this kind of form where they are beaming, uh, reflecting the radiance of God, there's a common reaction and that they would just bow before these angels. It's just too awesome to stay standing and they would become silent. And that's what angels really do is, is reflect God's glory. But they also reflect his truth. They're messengers of God. And so everything an angel says is the unfiltered truth of God, that God speaks to the angels. And that's exactly what happens here. As he reminds this, women, these, this group of women that he's not here. And that he, he did exactly what he said he would do. That Jesus did tell his followers many times that, that he would be delivered over to the hands of sinners. That he would be crucified, and on the third day he rose again. And there's this very important hinge moment in this story that they're seeing this empty tomb, but it wasn't until they remembered his words. They remembered his truth, that it it transformed this moment from a place of sorrow and grief into joy and great hope. And that's really our obstacle as well, is, is we might hear the words of God, we might read them and believe them, but until we remember them, especially in the moments that hurt or are confusing, we will always be overtaken by sour, sorrow and, and grief. But when you remember God's words, that he can conquer death and he extends to you his grace and his love that it can transform anything into a moment of hope and joy. 
And that's really the Easter message this morning, that no matter what you're facing, you remember that Jesus is risen, that he is alive. And that's the good news of Easter this morning. And so I want to take a moment. You know, I, I could just read you the whole Bible and say, let's remember his words. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick out five verses, okay? As we see how the Easter story fits in with the greater narrative of God's word. And we need to remember this this morning. First, remember with the, the verse that was shared in the kids' lesson that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're probably thinking, I thought this was supposed to be good news, right? Well, until you, until you understand the bad news, you won't appreciate the good news. And this is a really basic truth of the Bible that's hard to accept. Now, it's easy enough to understand that kids can repeat it and understand it. But there's a large part of people who really don't want to accept this. And there is a great chasm between us and God, a mountain we, couldn't, we cannot climb as we sang this morning. And that's our sin. It separates us from God, and we are at odds. We cannot overcome this by ourselves. And many people try, right? You try to work off the bad by doing good. You try to just kind of rationalize your sin or just maybe ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. But God's word tells us that it does. And we have a problem that we cannot solve ourselves. But God can. And God did through his son, Jesus. As we understand in 2 Corinthians 5, that that for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus came to take upon himself the full payment of our sin. He became our sin when he died. So that through that we may become righteous or in good standing before God. Jesus died for you. And this is out of his great love for you that God shows us his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For us, it was because of our sin that Jesus died. He didn't deserve it, but out of grace and love, he took it upon himself. But he conquered that death. And so that means if he took our sin and died and conquered that death, he can also conquer our sin. Jesus has power over death. He has power over our sin. That's the good news of Easter and why it's important to remember that he raised from the grave, the grave that was a result of our sin. That we can live victorious, not just over death, but over sin itself. First Peter 2, that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. That's the good news of Easter. That's the miracle of Easter. It's not just that Jesus overcame death, but now he extends to us life. New life in Christ. And it comes simply by declaring with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. And believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you'll be saved. It comes through faith that Jesus did for you what you could not do for yourself. That he loved you so much that he died for you. And the resurrection proves all of that. All of that. That he has power over anything. 
proves that he has power to forgive sins. It proves that he has power to give life everlasting. The resurrection is the center of all of his words. And it proves to us that he is exactly who he says he is. And that puts us in a spot that we have to respond to the resurrection in some way. And every time I read through the scriptures and I read through the the stories we know, I always pick up something new. And this year I noticed something interesting in verses 9 through 12. It really shows three different ways you can respond uh, to the resurrection. And this is the single most important part of the Christian faith. So you have to respond to this in some ways. In some way. And, And the first we see in the example of the women, that they believed and they shared the good news that they came back different from the tomb after they remembered God's words and they they shared everything that they had heard, not just to the 11 disciples, but to potentially hundreds of others that were around. And my assumption here is that they didn't quite understand everything yet in the complete picture that we might today, but they knew enough. Jesus is alive. Jesus conquered death And that was enough for them to share. And I I just want to encourage all of you here, if you believe in the resurrection, you know enough to share about the resurrection. You can't always wait to have the answer to every question, but share what you know. Jesus died, Jesus rose, and Jesus is still alive. And he can forgive the sins of anyone who places their faith in him. Now, the second option of how you would respond is the one you don't want to see. Here we actually see the disciples giving us a negative example. Fortunately, this is not where they ended up. This is just their initial reaction. But they were doubtful and dismissive. They didn't believe what the women were telling them. The words seemed like nonsense to them. Now, they obviously changed their mind. These, these disciples became the apostles who started the church, who wrote much of the New Testament as we know it today. And they uh, died for their faith. Ten out of the eleven of them, they, they went, uh, they believed this so deeply that they died for it. But they didn't start there. Unfortunately, this is a spot that many people finish in the world. Is they, they feel that the uh, resurrection is nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. And I just want to tell you today that the difference between believing in the resurrection and not believing in the resurrection has huge impact Right? It's the difference between heaven and hell. Right? If you do not believe in the resurrection, if you do not believe that Jesus came to take your sin, then there's nothing else that can save you. Fortunately, there's a third option that we see here. You don't have to end up here if you're here today. That you have the ability to seek out Jesus for yourself. And Jesus tells us that if you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. And the exception might be if you look for him among the dead, as they started. But if you seek out Jesus, you will find him. And I tell you this from experience. I'm here before you today in Easter 2022, believing with my whole heart, honestly, that Jesus raised from the dead, and I'm sharing this great news with you. But that was not always the case for me. There was a time in my life I thought it was nonsense. But it wasn't until I started seeking Jesus for myself 
that I began to read his words, that I began to pray, Lord, show me yourself deep in my faith. And, and I, I, I spoke with people who believed it and heard their testimonies. And now I have a testimony myself. If you're in that spot right now where you feel like this is nonsense, let me encourage you personally. Seek him out. And Peter, that morning, ran to the tomb. And we know in the Gospel of John that John also ran to the tomb and beat Peter. He made sure to point that out. And we see that Peter saw that the grave clothes were there, that the body was missing, and now he's wondering himself what happened. He still doesn't quite understand it all, but he's noting that this isn't exactly what he thought it was, that Jesus was out there. And soon, Peter, as we read, is the first one to encounter the resurrected Savior. And Peter believed this so deeply that he lost his life over it. I encourage you, if you do not believe, to be seeking him out. Because the Easter story, the resurrection, and everything it means to us means everything. And I'm going to invite the worship team up because we're going, to, we're going to sing about it together. But I do want to throw out the invitation to anyone right now. If you're in a spot, maybe you've just never thought about this before. Maybe you're one who understands that there's sin in your life, but you never quite knew uh, the, the answer. You never knew how to be saved from that sin. Jesus is the only one who can save it comes to the, the one who conquered death and now can conquer sin. It's not just some amazing event that we celebrate from 2,000 years ago. It means everything to us today that that morning, death was arrested. Death was defeated. And now through faith, we can have new and everlasting life in Jesus. And so I'm going to have us all stand together, but I also want to pray and I want to invite anyone who wants to put their faith in Jesus to pray along with me. And for the rest of us, maybe some of us who have, who have lived with this faith our whole lives, I want your wonder and your awe and your love to be renewed today. That Jesus died for you and he is now alive. Let's, let's pray together. God, I thank you for the wonderful miracle story of Easter that you raised from the grave, that you conquered death, that you conquered our sin, and now you give us new life. God, I pray for anyone this morning who has not given their life to you, who's at that point that says, I'm, I'm ready. I am, I am tired of trying to do this myself. I can no longer ignore the sin in my life, and I need help. And God, we know that you came, you sent your son to reach his hand out to humanity. It says, I'll save you if you just grab on. And maybe they're at the, they're at the spot that they just want to grab on to Jesus. And it's just as simple as saying, Lord, I am a sinner, and I need your help. God, I believe that you died for my sin and that you rose from the grave. And I confess you this morning that you are Lord, that you are God, and I want to follow you. And it's a prayer that simple that brings us into a new life with you, a new life eternal. And if anyone prayed that this morning, heaven is celebrating. And we are celebrating too. 
But God, for all of us, no matter where we're at, this is a truth we can sing. It's a truth we can share with great joy of who you are and what you've done. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.